Book Thirteenth of The Prelude by William Wordsworth, edited by William Knight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Noel Badrian. Book Thirteenth Imagination and Taste How Impaired and Restored. Concluded. From nature doth emotion come, and moods of calmness equally are nature's gift. This is her glory. These two attributes are sister horns that constitute her strength. Hence genius, born to thrive by interchange of peace and excitation, finds in her his best and purest friend. From her receives that energy by which he seeks the truth from her that happy stillness of the mind which fits him to receive it when unsought such benefit the humblest intellects partake of each in their degree tis mine to speak what i myself have known and felt smooth task for words find easy way inspired by gratitude and confidence in truth long time in search of knowledge did i range the field of human life in heart and mind benighted but the dawn beginning now to reappear twas proved that not in vain i had been taught to reverence a power that is the visible quality and shape and image of right reason that matures her processes by steadfast laws gives birth to no impatient or fallacious hopes no heat of passion or excessive zeal no vain conceits provokes no quick turns of self-applauding intellect but trains to meekness and exalts by humble faith holds up before the mind intoxicate with present objects and the busy dance of things that pass away a temperate show of objects that endure and by this course disposes her when over fondly set on throwing off encumbrances to seek in man and in the frame of social life what here there is desirable and good of kindred permanence unchanged in form and function or through strict vicissitude of life and death revolving above all were re-established now those watchful thoughts which seeing little worthy or sublime in what the historian's pen so much delights to blazon power and energy detached from moral purpose early tutored me to look with feelings of fraternal love upon the unassuming things that hold a silent station in this beauteous world thus moderated thus composed i found once more in man an object of delight of pure imagination and of love and as the horizon of my mind enlarged again i took the intellectual eye for my instructor studious more to see great truths than touch and handle little ones knowledge was given accordingly my trust became more firm in feelings that had stood the test of such a trial clearer far my sense of excellence of right and wrong the promise of the present time retired into its true proportion sanguine schemes ambitious projects pleased me less i sought for present good in life's familiar face 
and built thereon my hopes of good to come with settling judgments now of what would last and what would disappear prepared to find presumption folly madness in the men who thrust themselves upon the passive world as rulers of the world to see in these even when the public welfare is their aim plans without thought or built on theories vague and unsound and having brought the books of modern statists to their proper test life human life with all its sacred claims of sex and age and heaven-descended rights mortal or those beyond the reach of death and having thus discerned how dire a thing is worshipped in that idol proudly named the wealth of nations where alone that wealth is lodged and how increased and having gained a more judicious knowledge of the worth and dignity of individual man no composition of the brain but man of whom we read the man whom we behold with our own eyes i could not but inquire not with less interest than heretofore but greater though in spirit more subdued why is this glorious creature to be found one only in ten thousand what one is why may not millions be what bars are thrown by nature in the way of such a hope our animal appetites and daily wants are these obstructions insurmountable if not then others vanish into air inspect the basis of the social pile inquire said i how much of mental power and genuine virtue they possess who live by bodily toil labour exceeding far their due proportion under all the weight of that injustice which upon ourselves ourselves entail such estimate to frame i chiefly looked what need to look beyond among the natural abodes of men fields with their rural works recalled to mind my earliest notices with these compared the observations made in later youth and to that day continued for the time had never been when throes of mighty nations and the world's tumult unto me could yield how far soe'er transported and possessed full measure of content but still i craved an intermingling of distinct regards and truths of individual sympathy nearer ourselves such often might be gleaned from the great city else it must have proved to me a heart-depressing wilderness but much was wanting therefore did i turn to you ye pathways and ye lonely roads sought you enriched with everything i prized with human kindnesses and simple joys oh next to one dear state of bliss vouchsafed alas to few in this untoward world the bliss of walking daily in life's prime through field or forest with the maid we love while yet our hearts are young while yet we breathe nothing but happiness in some lone nook deep vale or anywhere the home of both from which it would be misery to stir oh next to such enjoyment of our youth in my esteem next to such dear delight was that of wandering on from day to day where i could mediate in peace and cull knowledge that step by step might lead me on to wisdom or as lightsome as a bird wafted upon the wind from distant lands 
sing notes of greeting to strange fields or groves which lacked not voice to welcome me in turn and when that pleasant toil had ceased to please converse with men where if we meet a face we almost meet a friend on naked heaths with long long ways before by cottage bench or well-spring where the weary traveller rests who doth not love to follow with his eye the windings of a public way the sight familiar object as it is hath wrought on my imagination since the morn of childhood when a disappearing line one daily present to my eyes that crossed the naked summit of a far-off hill beyond the limits that my feet had trod was like an invitation into space boundless or guide into eternity yes something of the grandeur which invests the mariner who sails the roaring sea through storm and darkness early in my mind surrounded too the wanderers of the earth grandeur as much and loveliness far more awed have i been by strolling bedlamites from many other uncouth vagrants past in fear have walked with quicker step but why take note of this when i began to inquire to watch and question those i met and speak without reserve to them the lonely roads were open schools in which i daily read with most delight the passions of mankind whether by words looks sighs or tears revealed there saw into the depths of human souls souls that appear to have no depth at all to careless eyes and now convinced at heart how little those formalities to which with overweening trust alone we give the name of education have to do with real feeling and just sense how vain a correspondence with the talking world proves to the most and call to make good search if man's estate by doom of nature yoked with toil be therefore yoked with ignorance if virtue be indeed so hard to rear and intellectual strength so rare a boon i prized such walks still more for there i found hope to my hope and to my pleasure peace and steadiness and healing and repose to every angry passion there i heard from mouths of men obscure and lowly truths replete with honour sounds in unison with loftiest promises of good and fair there are who think that strong affection love known by whatever name is falsely deemed a gift to use a term which they would use of vulgar nature that its growth requires retirement leisure language purified by manners studied and elaborate that whoso feels such passion in its strength must live within the very light and air of courteous usages refined by art true is it where oppression worse than death salutes the being at his birth where grace of culture hath been utterly unknown and poverty and labour in excess from day to day preoccupy the ground of the affections and to nature's self oppose a deeper nature there indeed love cannot be nor does it thrive with ease among the close and overcrowded haunts of cities where the human heart is sick and the eye feeds it not and cannot feed yes in those wanderings deeply did i feel how we mislead each other 
above all how books mislead us seeking their reward from judgments of the wealthy few who see by artificial lights how they debase the many for the pleasure of those few effeminately level down the truth to certain general notions for the sake of being understood at once or else through want of better knowledge in the heads that framed them nattering self-conceit with words that while they most ambitiously set forth extrinsic differences the outward marks whereby society has parted man from man neglect the universal heart here calling up to mind what then i saw a youthful traveller and see daily now in the familiar circuit of my home here might i pause and bend in reverence to nature and the power of human minds to men as they are men within themselves how oft high service is performed within when all the external man is rude in show not like a temple rich with pomp and gold but a mere mountain chapel that protects its simple worshippers from sun and shower of these said i shall be my song of these if future years mature me for the task will i record the praises making verse deal boldly with substantial things in truth and sanctity of passion speak of these that justice may be done obeisance paid where it is due thus haply shall i teach inspire through unadulterated ears poor rapture tenderness and hope my theme no other than the very heart of man as found among the best of those who live not unexalted by religious faith nor uninformed by books good books though few in nature's presence thence may i select sorrow that is not sorrow but delight and miserable love that is not pain to hear of for the glory that redounds therefrom to humankind and what we are be mine to follow with no timid step where knowledge leads me it shall be my pride that i have dared to tread this holy ground speaking no dream but things oracular matter not lightly to be heard by those who to the letter of the outward promise do read the invisible soul by men adroit in speech and for communion with the world accomplished minds whose faculties are then most active when they are most eloquent and elevated most when most admired men may be found of other mould than these who are their own upholders to themselves encouragement and energy and will expressing liveliest thoughts in lively words as native passion dictates others too there are among the walks of homely life still higher men for contemplation framed shy and unpractised in the strife of phrase meek men whose very souls perhaps would sink beneath them summoned to such intercourse theirs is the language of the heavens the power the thought the image and the silent joy words are but under agents in their souls when they are grasping with their greatest strength they do not breathe among them this i speak in gratitude to god who feeds our hearts for his own service knoweth love us when we are unregarded by the world 
also about this time did i receive convictions still more strong than heretofore not only that the inner frame is good and graciously composed but that no less nature for all conditions wants not power to consecrate if we have eyes to see the outside of her creatures and to breathe grandeur upon the very humblest face of human life i felt that the array of act and circumstance and visible form is mainly to the pleasure of the mind what passion makes them that meanwhile the forms of nature have a passion in themselves that intermingles with those works of man to which she summons him although the works be mean have nothing lofty of their own and that the genius of the poet hence may boldly take his way among mankind wherever nature leads that he hath stood by nature's side among the men of old and so shall stand for ever dearest friend if thou partake the animating faith that poets even as prophets each with each connected in a mighty scheme of truth have each his own peculiar faculty heaven's gift a sense that fits him to perceive objects unseen before thou wilt not blame the humblest of this band who dares to hope that unto him hath also been vouchsafed an insight that in some sort he possesses a privilege whereby a work of his proceeding from a source of untaught things creative and enduring may become a power like one of nature's to a hope not less ambitious once among the wilds of sarum's plain my youthful spirit was raised there as i ranged at will the pastoral downs trackless and smooth or paced the bare white roads lengthening in solitude their dreary line time with his retinue of ages fled backwards nor checked his flight until i saw our dim ancestral past in vision clear saw multitudes of men and here and there a single briton clothed in wolfskin vest with shield and stone axe stride across the wold the voice of spears was heard the rattling spear shaken by arms of mighty bone in strength long moulded of barbaric majesty i called on darkness but before the word was uttered midnight darkness seemed to take all objects from my sight and lo again the desert visible by dismal flames it is the sacrificial altar fed with living men how deep the groans the voice of those that crowd the giant wicker thrills the monumental hillocks and the pomp is for both worlds the living and the dead at other moments for through that wide waste three summer days i roamed where ere the plain was figured o'er with circles lines or mounds that yet survive a work as some divine shaped by the druids so to represent their knowledge of the heavens and image forth the constellations gently was i charmed into a waking dream a reverie that with believing eyes where e'er i turned beheld long-bearded teachers with white wands uplifted pointing to the starry sky alternately and plain below while breath of music swayed their motions and the waste rejoiced with them and me in those sweet sounds this for the past and things that may be viewed 
or fancied in the obscurity of years from monumental hints and thou o friend pleased with some unpremeditated strains that serve those wanderings to beguile hast said that then and there my mind had exercised upon the vulgar forms of present things the actual world of our familiar days yet higher power had caught from them a tone an image and a character by books not hitherto reflected call we this a partial judgment and yet why for then we were as strangers and i may not speak thus wrongfully of verse however rude which on thy young imagination trained in the great city broke like light from far moreover each man's mind is to herself witness and judge and i remember well that in life's everyday appearances i seemed about this time to gain clear sight of a new world a world too that was fit to be transmitted and to other eyes made visible as ruled by those fixed laws whence spiritual dignity originates which do both give it being and maintain a balance an ennobling interchange of action from without and from within the excellence pure function and best power both of the object seen and eye that sees end of book thirteenth